Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today, better late than never, I'm going to jump into my Penrith Panthers NRL season preview. I do apologize if you hear any eccentric eccentric sorry, performances in the background. Uh, by this point, yeah, my housemate doesn't give a shit. So <laughs> I can say, hey, I'm recording my Panthers season preview. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. So we shall jump in today. Apologies for any disturbances, but I'm on a business trip this weekend, so I've got to make sure that I get all of my content out there, including my final two NRL season previews. First up, we've got the Panthers, then the Storm, uh, but the Panthers only about two and a half hours from officially kicking off their season, so very, very exciting. I'll jump into their team list shortly. Now, if you enjoy the podcast, make sure to follow us on Instagram at notjustasportsreport. And of course, follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. You will be able to see whenever new NRL content drops. So let's jump into it. The season is fast approaching. We are pretty much underway. Beeping the train fucking recognizes uh, and acknowledges. Steaming through just like the season is a full steam ahead now. So there we go. Uh, that train really is full steam ahead too. So the season is pretty much underway. We're about two hours off. By the time you listen to this, this, the season will probably be underway. So very, very exciting. Let's get started with the current NRL premiers, the 2021 grand final winners, the Penrith Panthers. So after that 2020 season where they had just an incredible season but failed at the final hurdle in the grand final well last year the panthers came out they looked just as good obviously they had a couple of hiccups throughout the season but they got it done penrith got that premiership for the first time since 2003 it was a huge moment and now we have a new powerhouse in the competition so very very exciting times for penrith and they've also got the clary combination which cannot be understated firstly we have the coach Ivan huge fan of Ivan obviously he used to coach the team that I support the Warriors I always wanted Ivan Cleary to come back after he initially left that was not to be but could not be more happy to see the success that Ivan is realizing in his second stint at the Panthers now we've also got Cameron Serraldo as an assistant coach super super highly rated there have been other clubs kind of looking into him as a potential head coach and one prediction I have for this year is that if the Panthers continue to go well, I think we're going to see Cameron Serraldo right in the frame for any NRL jobs that come available. So as far as the coach goes, huge pass mark. I mean, maybe this time last year, I would have kind of said, oh, maybe one concern is that he hasn't had that premiership. He hasn't been able to get it done in the clutch moments. Well, that is no more now. Huge pass mark for Ivan Cleary. A plus and I cannot wait to see kind of the way he transitions from last year's success 
and the way he moves forward because obviously guys like Kikau are leaving and the more successful you are, the more money you have to play your current players and obviously the more money other clubs are willing to pay them. So all of a sudden it becomes a bit of a juggling act for or a balancing act rather for the Panthers to keep all the stars that they want to keep. But one thing that has worked in their favour and they've been doing it for quite a while now since Phil Gould arrived, obviously now he has left, uh, but that is kind of taking out the players from the top end of your salary cap and having young guys coming through who can kind of fill those positions. A couple of examples, uh, they've released a lot of guys like Regan Campbell-Gillard, Bryce Cartwright, Wanga Blake. Uh, they released Matt Moylan or swapped him with James Maloney. Josh Mansour is a uh, perfect example. He would have been on a bit more coin. Obviously, he was really loyal. Like, that wasn't an ideal situation. But Mansour getting paid decent coin, you know, you take it out of your top end of your salary cap, move Mansour on, bring through like a Charlie Staines or things like that. So they've always got guys coming through and emerging. And this year is going to be kind of a balancing act of maintaining the premiership winning side whilst also bringing some young guys through and keeping it flowing as it has been for quite a few years at the Panthers now. So as far as the coach goes, Ivan Cleary, huge pass mark. Sorry, I have a burrito on the way. Oh, come on, double notification, really? No respect. No one respects the podcast, unfortunately. Not even Guzman Gomez. So sad reactions, but let's get back to it. And it is time to jump into the X Factor player. Could it be anyone else but Nathan Cleary? No, I don't think so. When we look at like, you know, players who could potentially go on to have unbelievably decorated careers, Nathan Cleary is at the absolute top of the list. One of the best players, premier players of the competition. He is still so young. He's fucking like, uh, let me, let me, let me Google. Let me Google. I think he might be like 24. 24 would be my guess. But yeah, Cleary still has the world at his feet. He is still incredibly young. Best years ahead of him. So that is very, very dangerous. So yeah, Cleary is 24. So I was correct. And yeah, he's still got his best years ahead of him. So very, very scary for the rest of the competition. And he also has an unreal halves combination with Jerome Luai, who he's come through the grades with Jerome. So they know each other's games back to front. One concern, though, is Cleary's shoulder. And look, I it's a concern, but it's also like, hey, you put off the surgery to win a premiership. You won the premiership. Look, if this season is a little bit up and down in terms of him taking the field and maybe struggling with injury, it's yeah, it's a cause for concern for this season. But like, he made that decision to put off the surgery to win a premiership, and he did that. So I think whatever happens this year, I, uh, Nathan, sorry, can kind of lean on the fact that it's like, hey, I won the premiership last year. I'm only 24. Even if this year is a little bit up and down and just trying to get my shoulder right, he, he's still got his best years ahead of him. So very, very scary times for our oppositions. And Nathan Cleary, no doubt, is the Panthers' X-Factor player. As far as the one to watch, he's been named tonight. Isaac Tago. He is jumping into the left center position. Now, obviously, Matt Burton played there last year, was one of the best players in the competition, at least one of the best informed players. And now with Burton moving on, that has opened up a spot. Also, Brent Naden, they've both gone to the Bulldogs, so Brent Naden and Burton gone. That opens the door for Isaac Tago, 
and he's a really incredible young talent. Can also play in the back row. I think that's where he'll eventually end up. But for now, we're going to see Isaac Tago getting the first crack at the left center position. And undoubtedly, my one to watch is Isaac Tago. I have huge wraps on him, and I'm really excited to see their first game for kickoff tonight. Really, really happy. I'm going away for four days. Uh, I will be basically, I won't have any reception or anything like that. So this will be the only game of round one that I get to watch. And then once I get back from my trip around Monday, Tuesday, I will watch on KO the Warriors game, obviously. I want to see my team play. I'll be staying off social media to just keep it spoiler free. So really excited to tune in tonight. And my one to watch for the Panthers, who I'm incredibly keen on tonight to have a look at, is Isaac Tago. Also threw some money on him for first try scorer. Not super confident with that, but he was at $23. I was like, fuck, why not? So an incredible backline. Isaac Tago now gets to be a part of that. He will have Brian Toa outside of him. He'll have Viliami Kikau on the inside, and he'll have Jerome Luai on his side of the field distributing ball. So Isaac Tago could not ask for kind of a better left side setup, and I think he's going to be in for an incredible year potentially one of the rookie of the year candidates so most definitely my one to watch Isaac Tago now the halves situation is really interesting we've obviously got Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary now Matt Burton was an incredible backup last year for the halves and of course Tyrone May both of them are gone now so all of a sudden we see a bit of a different dynamic but there are some guys who are either kind of thereabouts or emerging and definitely in the frame over the next year or two now the first choice is sean o'sullivan to step in we've seen with cleary not being named sean o'sullivan has got the first crack in the number seven jersey he's come back from the warriors this year spent some time at the broncos and at the roosters but originally sean o'sullivan was a panthers junior he knows their system inside and out he's played with a few of these boys before and that's a bit of a masterstroke signing obviously the losses of Burton and May needed to kind of be addressed or at least get some kind of replacement. Now they have guys that they can use from within as well, but Sean O'Sullivan has NRL experience, played a lot of games for the Warriors last year, and he's still growing as a player. I believe he is even a former Australian schoolboys representative, so he's definitely got the pedigree to be a special talent. And I thought that was a great signing, getting Sean O'Sullivan back to the club. Now, obviously, Luai and Cleary, they are a fit. They are the two halves. Now, if Sean Sullivan goes, or Sean O'Sullivan, sorry, goes down, then it gets interesting. There are still a couple of uh, contenders as this train steams on through now. Got a few trains today. Uh, but, yeah, I think Kurt Falls, the young halfback, he's signed into their top 30 squad now. They have wraps on Kurt Falls. I think we'll see him make his NRL debut this year. They've got Jamin Salmon, but he's quite a utility player. Obviously, I think his first choice position is in the halves, but he's played center for them and other clubs as well, and he's played back row. Jamin Salmon is very much a utility player, so I'm not sure whether we'll see him step into the halves. But the Panthers also have a guy called Nevi or Nifai. I don't know exactly how to say it, Nevi Puru. Uh, now, he's an incredible young talent. I kept tabs on him from what I could see in the New South Wales Cup and Jersey Flegg last year before the competition came to a halt. And I really like the look of Puru. So I think over the next couple of years, he's going to step up and he's going to be kind of the guy right behind Cleary and Luai if there are any injuries. So very interesting as far as the Panthers' halves go. 
but no doubt Cleary and Luai are the two getting in the 6-7 and seven jersey if they have it their way and there are no injuries, suspensions and things like that. Now, we've also got a dummy half situation. Api Korosau, of course, has been their first choice dummy half. Incredible player. His arrival, or his return rather, he came back to the Panthers, kind of coincided with the Panthers' return to unbelievable form. 2019, they had a shocking year, by their standards at least. And then with James Maloney leaving, it was kind of like they weren't expected to blow up. I remember in the, the first game of the 2020 season, I put money on the Panthers to beat the Roosters. Like, I thought they were going to go well. I thought definitely, I'm like, they're going to go way better than last year. But they exceeded not only my expectation, but everyone's expectation of what they could achieve in 2020. And Api Corusel's arrival kind of coincided with that. He was the spark. He was the flair who really got things going. I thought that the Panthers really missed Peter Wallace when he retired. Peter Wallace was kind of the last dummy half that was having consistency and really adding a lot to the team. Now, obviously, they tried to bring Wade Egan through, who was a junior. They had huge raps on him. He was playing unbelievably at under-20s level, stepped up to New South Wales Cup, was playing unbelievably. But unfortunately for Wade, he just never really... Things didn't get going for him as the Panthers' number nine. And we've now seen him move to my side, the Warriors, which I loved it initially as a signing. He's still got a little bit of work to do, but like I think Wade Egan can be a great number nine of the game. But getting Api Corusau in was what totally changed things up for the Panthers. That was when things started, I guess the ball started rolling. But Api's off to the Tigers next season, so it seems as though Mitch Kenny. He has been named in the number 14 jersey this weekend. It looks like he's going to play the utility role that Tyrone May played for a lot of the last couple of seasons. So Mitch Kenny, I think we're going to see him play more and more game time, although he already has played plenty of NRL. But I think this season we're going to see a lot more of Mitchell Kenny. And it looks as though Api Coruscant, that's kind of the transition that's taking place as far as the dummy half position goes now. Api Coruscant entering his final year at the Panthers. Now, as I said earlier, once you start winning premierships and once you're a powerhouse club, then it becomes significantly harder to retain all your players. Impossible, really, to retain everyone. So they had a fight on their hand. They needed to keep guys like Stephen Crichton, I believe Dylan Edwards they're negotiating with if they haven't already sorted out a deal there. So the Panthers have identified in terms of taking someone out of the top end of the salary cap and bringing a young guy through. It looks like Mitchell Kenny is going to get the vote of confidence. And from 2023 onwards, it looks like Mitchell Kenny is the guy to play dummy half for the Panthers. So this year, we're going to see a bit of an interesting kind of, I don't know, passing of the torch from one great Panthers number nine to potentially the next. So very, very interesting. I'd be curious as well to see whether the Panthers sign a backup dummy half for next season or whether they have a young bloke in in their system Which leads me to my next point. They do. They have exactly that. They have a young bloke. I believe his name is Riley Smith. I'll just do a quick Google of that. Excuse my phone. Uh, Riley Smith. Yep. So Riley Smith, super, super talented young player. Obviously hasn't played NRL. Isn't even kind of close yet. Although I'd say this year they'll start fast tracking his development. But that's the Panthers. You know, it's like Api Corsair. Huge loss. Mitchell Kenny steps in, but a lot of pressure for him to take on. 
all of a sudden it's like, oh, who are they going to turn to? Oh, well, they've got this fucking unreal junior talent in their club. So I think no doubt they've kind of got an eye on the future. And my guess is that it's going to be Api Corusau departing to the Tigers. That's not a guess. That's reality. Mitchell Kenny steps in, takes that role as they develop Riley Smith. But I think on that one, the Panthers must have the confidence in Riley Smith to say, hey, like, we let Corusau go. Mitchell Kenny can do the job while, you know, Riley Smith develops. But remember the name Riley Smith? And I'm not the first to kind of, you know, say this is one to watch. I've just read elsewhere and everything I've heard about him has been extremely glowing. So definitely remember the name Riley Smith. Back to the Panthers. And there's, of course, the Viliami Kikau situation. We saw him photographed in Bulldogs Club colors at the start of this year or at the end of next year, rather, or end of last year, rather. Totally fucked that one. Uh, but it looks like Kikau off to the Dogs next season. A huge loss. But again, it's a perfect example of the Panthers taking someone out of the top end of their salary cap and bringing someone else through. Someone like Maverick Gaia or pay a little bit more money to Liam Martin. So the Panthers really do have their system worked out down to it. Obviously, it is going to get tested and the young player with high wraps on them is going to be able to live up to kind of the expectation. But the Panthers have shown that they do an incredible job of teaching these guys or these young kids the way that the Panthers play and kind of the DNA of the Penrith Panthers in terms of gameplay and everything like that. So they do an incredible job. And more often than not, uh, the Panthers' young kids who step up and take the position end up shining. And yeah, I can't really name someone that they've let go in the last five or so years that it's like, oh, damn, they're really missing them, you know? And like, I don't know, James Maloney, he, he was toward the back end of his career, but he, he was the only one where it's like, maybe. But then you've got Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary, you know? So the Panthers are the best in the business. I know other sides like the Storm and the Roosters are really good too, but the Panthers in terms of this specific kind of way of doing things, they are easily the best in the business, letting a top-end talent go to bring a young guy through who they have confidence in. We've seen it time and time again. Tyrone Peachy is another example. You know, they let Tyrone Peachy go. And the list just goes on and on. I mean, Michael Jennings and Luke Lewis were two of the really big ones at the start of this whole Panthers kind of revolution. So... It's a really interesting kind of setup, but it works very well for them. Viliami kick out departs, but that, I mean, they've already had Kirk Capewell depart this season to the Broncos, and Liam Martin steps straight in. He's an Origin representative already as well, so Martin's going to be ready to shine. And once kick out leaves, they'll have guys like Maverick Geyer, who are more than ready to step up and try and fill that void at a cheaper price. And then, yeah these guys end up usually becoming stars. So they bring guys, take guys out and then it's like, oh, who are they going to bring in? And they always have someone. Stephen Crichton. Ah, oh, there we go. Burrito update. Stephen Crichton. Brian Toto. These are some guys who, you know, got the... I mean, Brian Toto came in for Dallin Watini's Zelezniak, if memory serves me correctly, who was an established first grader, very much a part of the Panthers system. He came through and won premierships with their under-20s. So... Dallin Wateni Zelezniak was absolutely a first grader. He had that position on lock. And yeah, the Panthers have shown they are not afraid to let go of a guy who is established 
and known to be very quality and consistent and to back their young guy in. So we've saw Dellen uh, Wateni Zalesniak. It was a few years ago now, but we saw him move on. And who did the Panthers bring in? Panthers? Who are those guys? Who did the Panthers bring in? Brian Tyler. So it, it seems to work an absolute treat. And I'm excited to see what other young emerging stars they have ready to step up as we see guys like Kikau and Api Korosau depart the club. And with that being said, there's only a couple of... Uh little things to touch on now before I wrap up this preview. I'll start with the draw, their first 10 games of the season. I've been doing this for each team in my season previews. So obviously, as I always say, the first 10 games isn't going to win you the premiership. Holy shit. Fucking notification overload. Oh my God. Two notifications. Mr. Popular. I know. I turn it on loud because I'm an attention seeker and then I can be like, oh, my mates message me. Uh, Dominoes message me. Anyway, First 10 games of the season, obviously it's not where premierships are won and lost, but starts are very important. The Panthers have a very good start. Obviously, the Seagulls are pretty tricky, especially missing Cleary uh, in round one in about an hour, two hours time. Then they've got the Dragons in round two. That should be an interesting game too. I can kind of see the Dragons heading in a similar direction to what the Panthers were at the start of this kind of revolution. And the Dragons have one of the best young rosters in the entire competition. In round three, in Bathurst, the Panthers will take on the Knights. I think that's a very winnable game, but should be interesting. Round four, Bluebet Stadium, shit stadium name. Uh, I honestly preferred Pepper Stadium, but Panthers Stadium works best. But yeah, Bluebet, that is a shite stadium name. Great stadium though, and the last season that the Panthers will be playing in that stadium before there's a bit of a revamp done, new stadium kind of vibe. Uh, but yeah, that should be a really interesting clash. Grand final rematch at Bluebet Stadium. Rabbitohs up against the Panthers. No doubt that'll be one of the big games of the NRL calendar this year. Round five, they'll be taking on the Bulldogs up against the former assistant coach Trent Barrett uh, and a club where Kickout is on his way to. And they'll be taking on guys like Matt Burton and Brent Naden, so they'll be taking on a couple of their mates. That is very much a winnable game. The Premiers up against last year's Wooden Spooners, albeit a very different Bulldogs outfit. In round six, the Panthers will be hosting the Broncos. That should be a great game. Followed up by round seven, where they'll be hosting the Raiders. So there are two games, definitely, that they could win. Sorry if I just kind of, this is a burrito, if I just, you know, made a bit of a harsh sound. Into the microphone, forgive me, I'm going to keep rolling on before the uh, Paul McCartney intensifies. Round 8, the Panthers will be taking on the Titans, that should be an incredibly fun game to sit down and watch. Round 9, Battle of the West, Panthers up against the Eels, another cracking game. Uh, coming off what was one of the games, if not the game of the season last year in that preliminary final between the Eels and the Panthers, or that was a qualifying final, sorry, or elimination final rather. That was the game before the prelim, because obviously the Panthers beat the Storm in the prelim. So I think that was the week before the prelims, but that'll be a huge rematch. And in the trials, we saw the Eels win 36-0, which trials mean relatively nothing. But still, that makes immediately this game more exciting to me. I'm like, holy shit, uh, the Eels could definitely be a sneaky contender this season. Then in round 10, the Panthers will face the Storm at Suncorp Stadium for Magic Round. That is another one of the games on the calendar to definitely keep an eye on. 
And obviously I do first 10 games, but in round 11, the Panthers will be taking on the Roosters, who were my pick to win the Premiership this year. I think the Storm are my other pick. The Storm were the other team. It was Panthers, Storm, Roosters. No surprise. I think that's where everyone's at. Uh, I can definitely see the Panthers going there, but I've gone with the Roosters. But the Storm, I'm like very much, I was very close to going the Storm. If they play a full season in Melbourne, then I think they'll be right up the top of the ladder. And that makes them very hard to beat come finals time. Uh, But my Storm season preview is up next. That'll be my next season preview to come out. So the next thing I'm going to jump into as I draw closer to my prediction is the team lists for tonight. About two hours time. Uh, So they'll be taking on the Seagulls, and this is the first Panthers team list of the year. They've got Dylan Edwards at fullback, the grand final fullback. On the wings, Brian Toto and Charlie Staines has managed to regain that position after losing it midway through last season. Uh, A couple of shuffling, or a bit of shuffling around rather, within the team. Saw Stephen Crichton take that right wing position. Now with Burton gone, we see Tago and Crichton in the centres for this round one team list. And that opens the door for Charlie Staines to take his position out on the right wing. In the halves, Jerome Luai in the number six and Sean O'Sullivan deputising rather for Nathan Cleary in the number seven jersey. The Ford pack for the Panthers, very similar to their grand final lineup. The only real change, Kurt Capewell gone, so Liam Martin gets promoted to the starting side in the back row alongside Viliami Kikau. Isaiah Yo will captain them from the lock position with Cleary out, and Isaiah Yo has been such a revelation since moving to the middle of the park. Speaking of the middle of the park, the two props, Moses Leota and James Fisher-Harris, that is a very, very strong combination, with Arpi Corusau giving unreal service from dummy half. The Panthers bench, they've got Mitch Kenny, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lanier, and Matthew Eisenhuth. And at the moment, they're two reserves for the game, Later on, Jamin Salmon, who, as I mentioned, very much a utility player, so I'm sure we'll see him amongst the reserves pretty regularly because he can cover halves, he can cover center, he can cover the forwards. So really good player to have on your books. And in the number 18 jersey, they've got Chris Smith, who is a former Panther as well, but he was at the Bulldogs last few seasons. Things didn't really work out. I think he was at the Roosters for a little bit as well, but he's been at the Bulldogs for a few years. They've ended up releasing him, and he's come back to the Panthers. So Penrith like to do that. They've brought Sean O'Sullivan back. Last year, they brought Matt Eisenhuth back from the Tigers, and they brought Robert Jennings back as well. So obviously, they like bringing back these juniors as well that maybe didn't get the chance to truly establish themselves within the first grade side. And yeah, they've become unbelievable additions depth-wise. So that is the Panthers team. For round one and if you want to know more about my round one kind of predictions and what my thoughts are on the team list and things like that myself and JJ have gone through and we've covered all the run, uh, round one action so I've gone through and given my predictions for each game and on Tuesday when I return from my little business trip we'll be sitting down and recording round two and uh, going forward as well at the end of each weekend I'll be looking to re- post some kind of review probably not very long i don't know the exact format for it yet but i'd like to touch on some of the action from the weekend obviously this weekend i will be uh yeah but sunday evening you won't want to know me so yeah sorry i'm fucking coughing clearing my throat on this podcast no fucks given sorry 
Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll be too too unfit for the public to be able to. I won't have any of my recording gear. I'll be in the middle of fucking nowhere. So basically, no real set NRL review for this weekend. But going forward, each week on Wednesdays, Tuesday, Wednesday will be like the preview for the upcoming games. I really want to focus on the games rather than going like, you know, Paul Kent level and just like screaming about fucking boardroom drama. Like, I want to focus on the games. I want to focus on the actual games rather than everything else, the boards, who, which coaches are going to get sacked, things like that. I want to focus on the actual games and get really pumped for the footy. That is what I'm all about. So there's going to be plenty of NRL content upcoming but let's jump back into this panthers preview now uh two things to jump into before i do my official prediction for their season so as we come to a close the next thing i'm going to jump into is the panthers gains and losses for season 2022 i'll start with the gains first and another player that actually skipped my mind i forgot to mention uh christian Crichton. so all three of the players that are gains for the panthers this year were Panthers juniors. They came through the system, they returned to the club, and they did a similar approach last season. So they feel like they have what they need with their youth, they have what they need with their marquee players, and they're just bringing guys back who know the system very well, who they obviously rate and know can do a job. So very exciting times ahead. The three gains for the Panthers this year, all juniors. So Sean O'Sullivan, Chris Smith, and Christian Crichton, who is the older brother of Stephen. Christian, of course, played on that right wing for a little bit for the Panthers, and then he moved on. He was hoping to establish himself as a first grader regularly, although he was already kind of at that level at the Panthers. So he was hoping to kind of, I guess, take a step up at the Bulldogs and really cement himself just as a definite lock in that wing jersey. But things didn't work out for Christian Crichton. Injuries, form at times, and just the Bulldogs in fucking general, to be honest, uh, did not work out for him. He now returns to the Panthers and I have Christian Crichton as a really underrated addition. I think he could absolutely be a firebrand. If he gets onto the field, I can see him scoring tries. I can see him being a fantastic addition to the side. But he has got, I guess, guys in front of him as well. Like Robert Jennings looks to be in front of him. They also have Thomas Jenkins on their development list, who looks like he's right in the frame. So Christian Crichton, I don't exactly know where he's at physically in terms of recovering from his injury. But I'd like to see him in the first grade setup again at some stage this year. Um, maybe I'll just have a quick look at the New South Wales Cup squad as well. I'll just check because he might be playing. If he's injury free, I'd say he'll be playing New South Wales Cup this weekend. Uh, but it is quite tricky to tell. So let's have a look through their cup side. No Christian Crichton. So maybe still injured. Could I go and check the NRL casualty ward and it would tell me exactly what's happening? Yeah, I could, but I'm not going to. So... Uh, I'm going to assume that Christian Crichton is still recovering from his injury. He hasn't been named in the Panthers New South, New South Wales Cup squad, nor has he been named in the first grade setup. On to the losses for the Panthers this season. Now, obviously, they've got Coruscant leaving next year. They've got Viliami Kikau leaving next year. And Isaiah Kartoa, who is a young halfback who was coming through the grades, a lot of raps on him. He's one that I actually haven't really seen play, so I'll, ha I'll have to wait and see, but obviously he sounds like a very special talent. He's been signed to the Dolphins, so they're looking to the future. They're looking at someone maybe they could help build the club around, and Isaiah Katoa, 
leaving the Panthers for the Dolphins. But I'll get to the Panthers' losses for this season, 2022, starting with Matt Burton, an incredible loss. Now, if he was with any other team in the comp, they would have moved heaven and earth to keep him. Now, obviously they did, but he wanted to play in the halves, and they have Luai, and they have Cleary. They are sticking by them, and that's really the only reason Matt Burton is going. He is an incredible player. The Panthers rate him very, very highly. So much so they did not release him last season. They played him all the way through to the grand final where he scored a try and they won. So Matt Burton is an enormous loss. Uh, but yeah, one team's enormous loss is the Bulldogs' enormous gain. Speaking about big gains for the Bulldogs, Brent Naden goes that way as well. He'll be a really good signing for them after, I don't know, after the grand final, that whole, yeah, grand final dealio was a bit of an interesting one, and Naden still played last season, but he kind of lost his position to Paul Momorowski and to Matt Burton. Now, another player going to the Bulldogs from the Panthers, Tevita Pangai Jr. He came to the Panthers midway through last year, more associated as a Broncos player, but he was still coming, I mean, he was still at the Panthers last year, so Tevita Pangai Jr., technically, he'll be going from the Panthers to the Bulldogs as well, alongside Burton and Naden. So departing the Panthers, we have got Kurt Capewell, who is a marquee signing for the Broncos. Tyrone May heads over to the Catalans Dragons over in France. Uh, that was probably his own doing, a bit of a distasteful uh, Instagram kind of post. I don't have a lot, a lot to say about it, but yeah, it just wasn't, I don't know. I can see where he was coming from, but yeah, really, really poor taste. I thought, but Tyron May, I heard that the Panthers may look to bring him back next season, so maybe they're just giving it a year to kind of, you know, let him learn his lesson as well. Uh, but he's fresh off a grand final win. He's over in the Super League. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tyron May return to the NRL at the Panthers. And the last loss for the Panthers, Paul Momorowski heading to the Roosters, a premiership winning centre now, and he heads back to his junior club, so... Very interesting, Paul Momorowski should be a loss, but they didn't have him in 2020 and they seem to be fine without him. So overall, there are some big losses in there, but I think the Panthers will manage. They have some great young fellas coming through. They've kept a lot of the marquee elite talents that they want to keep. And overall, the Penrith Panthers are absolutely in the conversation as far as back-to-back -back premierships. So very interesting times. If you're a Penrith Panthers fan, then mate, fucking... Grass. Grass times for you. Unfortunately, I'm a Warriors fan, but yeah. Respect to the Panthers fans. Live it up. Enjoy this. Uh, and yeah, because you could, you know, you never know. One day you might wake up and you'll be the West Tigers and you'll have five captains. So, although Michael Maguire, he did do that previously at the Rabbitohs to some success. But yeah, you know, Panthers, just, yeah, take a moment to really appreciate what you have here. Two captains, very sensible. And yeah, not a shit show, and very much the opposite of a shit show. So if you're a Panthers fan, I'm sure you already are, but fucking hell, enjoy the success, because what a team the Panthers have built. Speaking of their team, I'm going to jump into the top 30 roster, just go through the names and give any thoughts if I have any. Starting with the development list, Maverick Gaia, one of the huge emerging players in their squad, had a great trial performance. And Maverick was on the radar of the Melbourne Storm, so he had the Panthers wanting to retain him and the Storm wanting to sign him. I think that really tells you everything you need to know about how quality a player Maverick Gaia is going to be. 
and a very famous Penrith Panthers surname. So definitely one to watch on the system or in the system, my apologies. Uh, also on the development list, Thomas Jenkins, Preston Rickey, and Sunia Taruva, who is a really, really talented young player. First choice, I guess, first preference rather position is fullback, but he can play in the centres as well. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get a crack on the wing at some stage, so Sunia Taruva is absolutely one to keep an eye out for as well. Now, jumping into their main top 30 squad, they've got Eddie Blacker, who they brought over in a swap deal for Billy Burns. Did that little swap with the Dragons, but we haven't seen Eddie Blacker crack the first grade squad yet. Nathan Cleary, Christian Crichton, Stephen Crichton, phenomenal player. Cannot wait for the game tonight. Dylan Edwards, Matt Eisenhuth, Kurt Falls. Then we've got James Fisher-Harris, signed long-term till the end of 2026. Jermaine Hopgood, off contract this year, but I think we'll see him in the first grade system. He will probably earn a spot on the bench as the season goes on. NRL is back, according to my phone. I'm turning my fucking phone on silent. That was the... Final straw, but also good to remind me to do my tips, because there are times when I forget, so uh, thanks ESPN Tips, you fuckwits. But yeah, Jermaine Hopgood, I think we are going to see him maybe get offers from other teams. I wouldn't, in fact, I'll go as far as saying maybe the Dolphins go after him. So Jermaine Hopgood, if he doesn't get consistent first grade time, I think we may see him move on to another club where he's more likely to be a part of their best 17, so... Very interesting season ahead for Jermaine Hopgood. We've got Robert Jennings. He'll be competing for a spot on one of the wings. Of course, the younger brother of Michael and George. Then we've got Mitchell Kenny. Spoke a little bit about him earlier. Jerome Luai, one of my favorite players of the Panthers. What a fucking unreal player. Jerome Luai, I'll never forget his debut up against my side, the Warriors. He just carved us up and I'd been watching him play New South Wales Cup, he'd been playing at fullback, and I was like, man, this kid's good, and everything he's done since has proven exactly that. We've got Viliami Kika and Api Korosau in their last years, respectively, in the Panthers' colours. Spencer Lanier, who is a very, very great emerging prop, definitely one to watch, although we've been watching him for a couple of seasons now. It looks like the Panthers aren't afraid to take the more patient approach, and I think that'll pay dividends Huge season ahead for Spencer Lanier, Moses Leota, Jerome Luai, who I mentioned earlier. And they've brought back another player, Sony Luke, who he was a Panthers junior as well. He never got the crack in first grade, but he did spend some time in the West Tigers reserve grade squad. I don't know exactly where he's been the last couple of seasons. He may have played in the Panthers reserve grade uh, at some stage as well. But Sony Luke, he's actually a bit of a rogue one, but he, he should be... In the frame, he'll probably be the third choice dummy half behind Mitch Kenny and Api Corusau. Then the Panthers have Liam Martin stepping up to take on a bigger role within the team this year. Taylan May, the younger brother of Tyrone. Taylan May will be competing himself for a spot in the back line. Looks like he's kind of behind a couple of players, so it might take a little bit for tiny Taylan May to get himself into the first grade setup, but once he's there, he is an incredible young player. And hopefully we get to see a full New South Wales Cup season because the development is so crucial. I think I'd love to see a full season of New South Wales Cup and give these young kids a chance to show what they can do. Because right now they don't really have that. Or the last couple of years they haven't really had that like an avenue or an outlet to go and play unbelievably and earn a sp uh, spot in the squad. Or even for some players to, yeah, if they get dropped, 
they haven't had the opportunity to respond with their physical like actions in terms of playing the game. So this year, I think the return of New South Wales Cup is a very big deal. And I think Taylan May, he's too good for New South Wales Cup level. So we'll definitely see him pushing for a spot in the back line. We've got Sean O'Sullivan, Lindsay Smith, another Ford, who'll be competing for a bench spot this season. Jamin Salmon, Chris Smith, Scott Sorensen, the Forbes Ferrari, Charlie Staines, Isaac Tago, my one to watch, Brian To'o, and one of the two captains alongside Nathan Cleary, Isa Yo. So that is the top 30 for the Panthers, which leaves me with only one th- more thing to do. I'll try and make this one quick too, because I tell you what, the season is fucking steaming ahead, and I'm keen to tune into the game. So as far as my prediction for the Panthers this year, I absolutely have them as contenders, but as far as their position on the ladder... I've gone third, so a bit of a gamble. I'm not writing them off at all. I think they'll still be as good. I still, I, They're a top two side, uh, but I put the Roosters in second. And, yeah, the Panthers, I, I just, I've just chosen them in third. That's where I have them. I still definitely have them in the preliminary final stages to be there. Do they make the grand final? I'm not exactly sure, but they've made the last two grand finals. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of respond to the workload obviously they've played right up until the very last game of the season the last two seasons and that very last game of the season is the most intense emotionally and physically draining game of the season so it's going to be interesting to see if they have any kind of lingering effects from that but ultimately I think the Panthers are going to be just as good as they have been in the last couple of seasons and that is why I have the Panthers finishing in third place this year I'll be happy to to see them finish higher. No doubt they're capable of finishing first, but uh, just going through and doing all my research and kind of formulating my opinions, which is essentially what this is, just my opinion, I have landed on the Panthers in third position. So that's the Penrith podcast. I really hope you enjoyed. It's going to be an awesome game tonight against Manly. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to follow us on Instagram at notjustasportsreport. And up next, I'm going to be recording it literally before the game kicks off, my Melbourne Storm podcast. So that is the final season preview ahead of the season starting. And yeah, I'm going to get it out there before I go on this little business trip. So that is the Panthers podcast. That is 15 of 16 NRL season previews done. That leaves one more. So until the Melbourne Storm podcast, thanks for listening and take care of yourself.